a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. Yeah, I'm putting together a show, and I need a star. You want people to laugh at me? Well, they're laughing anyway, kids, so might as well get paid. With Doug Wright and Steve Sales, the week's big movie review, movie news, trivia, games, and prizes, all on the KSL Movie Show. Here's Doug Wright. Strength, fearless, climbing, speed, boomerang, smoldering intensity. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And welcome to the movie show today, originating from three landmark locations. One is Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City. The other is Minky Couture, the mothership up there in Layton, Utah. And I happen to be hanging out. It's the rough duty. Steve, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do the show today from Amsterdam. So, I decided why not? I'd throw myself on the sword, and why not? I mean, it's all for the good of the show, right? Well, the only thing I can hope for is it's absolutely freezing there, and you can't even walk outside without... Is that accurate? Yeah, well, you know, there are several things that are going to disappoint you, Steve. We've had perfect <laughs> weather. It has just been Dang. wonderful. It's been cool. But no rain, nothing. I've just been perfect. And the other thing that is really going to disappoint you, Dee and I just had our mandatory COVID tests, and we're both coming home. Well, of course you better be coming home. What's? I wouldn't wish well, that, that on would anybody. Be disappointing. Oh, <laughs> what staying in Amsterdam a little longer? Yeah, well, that would be fun. No, but I don't want you, know, you to get COVID. Plus, plus I got to tell you. We have a studio audience with us Uh-oh. on this end. Now, we were going to do it up in the Panorama Lounge, but, you know, they give the the talk about what's going to happen tomorrow and everything from the cruise director. And then we're doing this. It's 5 o'clock, uh, a little past 5 right now. 5 o'clock somewhere happens to be Amsterdam today. So I am actually down in my, my state room, and oh. uh, I have to tell oh. you, we had to lure... Bob and Rebecca in here. And this is how I did it. I did it with an actual bottle of Diet Coke that we bought across the street in the grocery store. And I prom- the, promised them half of D's salary for the show today. <laughs> that should do how it. How much do you make, D? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, so <laughs> one half of nothing is never mind. Okay, Stephen, I think we uh, need to mention what's going to be happening on the show today. We always do this because, after all, this is a sponsored segment. We never want to let the sponsor down. Nope. Happens to be my friend Scott Call, Call Climate Services. They're in Centerville, Utah, the guy that takes care of my boiler in Eureka. And so uh, <laughs> that's his whole claim to fame. I'm surprised that's not on his letterhead, honestly. Yeah, it but should I be on, at least to... on the side of the building. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So... Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the sponsored movie show preview. 
The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. Coming up on today's movie show, the big movie review. Okay, Stephen, what is the big movie review going to be? Because I have not seen this one yet. I am very happy to report that the big movie of the week is actually really, really good. It's called The Bad Guys. It's an animated feature, not by Disney, but by DreamWorks and Universal. It is only in theaters, and it has a 45-day window before it hits Peacock and then to Netflix. But The Bad Guys, it's adorable. Here, I, I want you to hear something important here. Okay, here we go. Please kindly proceed to our club lounge. Our aft lounge for uh, that's our cruise director. Are they telling you to, to abandon and... ship? What's happening here? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, they're they're getting together for you know the uh, testing of COVID, which is mandatory when you are heading back to the United States and other goodies. So every now and then we might be interrupted by a very important announcement above and beyond the very important announcements of the movie show. So the bad guys animated movie. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I kind of thought that it might be the unbearable weight of massive talent. I mean, you know, on this show, we are huge Nick Cage fans. That is true. However, is true. I, I just thought it was kind of obscure uh, and doesn't have as many, uh, it's not opening in as many theaters as the bad guys. So, Okay. So, and then we'll also be talking about the only movie that I am absolutely sure makes The Last Duel and the Green Knight looked like uh, sitcoms, and it's <laughs> the Northman. Oh man, is this puppy gritty and dark and bloody and violent? You know, I've decided I I, I don't want to be a Viking. I don't think I could be a Viking for more than ten minutes. As soon as they said, "All right, we're going to have a fight," I'm like, "Okay, I'm out. Just stab yeah. me now. I'm done." These guys That's are right. so tough. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I have to admit, I actually thought, uh, as rugged as it was, I actually thought it was kind of cool. Well, you know, the the bad thing for me in The Northmen was that apparently the only actress that is willing to actually work today and take any <laughs> assignment for, I guess, any reason is Nicole Kidman. And, I, I you know, honestly, I, I looked at her in this and I'm going, oh. Had to be in that movie. But I think now it's Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she's the new Michael Caine. There's no question. Uh, <laughs> the new Mike. She'll be thrilled to hear that. Okay, <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, Polar Bear. Tell me about, tell me about oh, that movie. Okay, this is the Disney uh, nature that comes out every year on Earth Day. And That's right. I don't know how they film these things, but this Polar Bear uh, mother... Uh, and two cubs, one a girl, one a boy, and them trying to survive. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, this is my pick of the week if I was just on pure quality. Uh, this And it's only on Disney Plus, so there's that. But uh, Polar Bear, it's just unbelievable. These movies that have become a tradition around Earth Day, the Earth Day weekend for Disney, are just breathtaking. They truly are. By the way, if you want to really be bummed out today, go search something on Google. And on the Google Mast, that usually is, you know, a funny way of spelling Google or something, Yeah, they're showing scenes 
from all over the place of just how much the earth has actually deteriorated. In some cases, in the last couple of years, the last 20 years, it is absolutely heartbreaking. It is, it is just incredible. Oh, that is. So that'll, that'll cheer you up. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. I just thought I'd, you know, throw that in there. We're doing unplugging. Yeah. What about, (laughs) boy, I'll tell you, you know, you, Every time that we've talked about, you know, certainly the water issues over here in the Netherlands, every time the locals bring up uh, global warming and they talk about, boy, if it just goes up a little bit, it changes the dynamics for the Netherlands. It changes what they have, the, the Delta Project, which protects them ever since the terrible flood of 1953. I've learned a lot of stuff over here, Steve, so I'm going to be you know, just uh, plaguing you with this forever. But, man, you talk about a country that takes global warming seriously and it is the netherlands no doubt yeah. about it but meanwhile off the soapbox and here we go what about unplugging unplugging has a interesting cast it has uh, eva longoria it has matt walsh uh there's a little uh drive-by by leah thompson uh keith david plays a bartender but the movie is a pretty lackluster uh between unplugging and brute force it's a tie for last place uh, so when we do talk about them, and we'll just briefly do so, uh, these are probably the ones that you're going to not really run out to see. Okay. And then Better Call Saul, uh, Season 6 and Russian Doll Season 2, we'll talk about in streaming news. Uh, yeah. In fact, I I watched Flight Attendant, the new season of that. There's a new show yeah. called Tokyo Vice with Ansel Elgort and uh, Ken Watanabe that's incredible. Uh, the Essex Serpent with Tom Hiddleston and Claire Danes wow. on Apple TV Plus. It's un, it's these are weird little shows, but they're they have some potential. Okay, now coming up also, I was just you know reading this online and uh, saw the headline, and you know Robert Redford years ago bought the rights to the the Dark Wind from Tony Hillerman. And they did the Lou Diamond Phillips movie, and that which was not great, by the way. But now they're going to make a series out of it. And you know the uh, the guy that plays the tribal policeman in Longmire, the younger guy, not the one that's. I think uh, let's see, I actually jotted it down in my notes somewhere. But anyway, we'll talk about this when we do streaming news. Okay, uh, he's going to be uh, playing uh, uh, Jim Chi, and then I'm I didn't hear who's going to be, be playing Leaphorn. But for fans like myself. Of Tony Hillerman, this is going to be really, really cool, and it's premiering, I understand, on June twelfth. Uh, so we'll talk more about that coming up as well. Uh, let's see. We of course will have telephone torture and the movie show top ten. You know, I was a little disappointed since we're not going to be up in the panorama room uh, that I wouldn't be able to give the full-throated introduction in that setting for oh, the movie what a show shame. top ten. I think they've actually passed a law against that here in the Netherlands, but you know, you never know. After common all, sense, I like it. Common sense. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Paine's common sense. Do not let him open the movie show top ten in any civilized country. Is that what you're saying? Man overboard. And now the big movie review. Doug and Steve tell you exactly what they think of the biggest release of the week. And I'll tell you what we're going to do, since it is uh, over here in Amsterdam, it's 5.29, 9.29. We're just going to give you a little heads up that when we come back after our bottom of the hour break, Steve, we are going to review 
the big movie of the week, which is The Bad Guys. And this is an animated movie. Do we have any really great voices? If, if I have one of those, I wish I had had this particular opportunity. I would love to, like Ken Sansom, who used to work at KSL many oh, years yeah. ago. He did the voice of, of Rabbit in the Winnie the Pooh series. I would love to be not a cartoon, but a cartoon voice. I'm already a cartoon, but I'd like to be a cartoon voice. So any big voices in this movie? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sam Rockwell, who sounds a lot like wow. Owen Wilson. I thought it was Owen Wilson for a minute. Uh, of yeah. course, Aquafina is in every movie now. Uh, right, she, right. She has a voice, Mark Marin, Craig Robinson, Anthony Ramos, who right. was in, in The Heights, uh, Zazie Beetz, uh, and Alec Borstein, who plays uh, Susie on uh, Marvelous sure. Mrs. Maisel. So great, great voice cast. No Nicole Kidman? So, I, I I think they skipped her. Maybe she was, she was too busy. busy with the Northmen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now, the big movie review. Doug and Steve tell you exactly what they think of the biggest release of the week. Okay, Steve, once again, the burden falls on you. I have not seen The Bad Guys, so you've got to give us the review. And here's a little sound from the movie. I'm tired of being an outcast. Maybe I don't want to be a... What? A bad guy? You're going to have to choose between your friends or the good life. They're the only friends I have ever had. You have a chance to write your own story. What have you got to lose? I don't know. My dignity? Yeah, well, that ship has already sailed. Well, that this sounds is kind of like the movie show, doesn't it? That, yeah, that exactly. ship's already sailed in dignity. Yeah. What's? Tell us about the movie. Well, the cute thing about this is that they've used characters that are... Normally, like a wolf, a snake, a tarantula, a shark, and a piranha, and most people would you know, run away from them. And in fact, they're so good at being bad guys, all they have to do is show up. And like they walk into a bank and everybody just runs for cover. And I mean, they are robbing places left and right. But here's the cool thing. I mean, this is one of those can't judge a book by its cover. And I think this is a great lesson for kids. You see a wolf, you see a snake, and each has its own uh, little role. The wolf is, he's sort of the leader. He's the up, the driver of the car. And I don't know. They become, you know, anthropomorphic where they actually, you know, do stuff. They're the only creatures in the movie that are not human, which is kind of weird. But uh, And the snake... Um, He's a great safe cracker. The tarantula uh, with Aquafina, she's the IT expert. She's the hacker. And the shark, he's a master of disguise, even though he's a big old giant shark. And the piranha, he's kind of a crazy little dude who uh, is like super strong and he's kind of intimidating. And they go about and they are looting and pillaging the entire city. It looks like Los Angeles. Um, and at one point, they they just... Like, what are we doing? They have everything. There's one thing that they've always, it's been eluding them, and that is the Golden Dolphin Award, which is given each year to the most uh, benevolent person in society. And in this case, it's Professor Marmalade, who is a guinea pig. Uh, and the guy's voice, I don't recognize the name of the, he's a British dude. Um, and he's supposed to get the award from, the governor, I don't know what the governor is doing in Los Angeles, but anyway, Diane Foxington, uh, and I can't remember who voiced her. Oh, it's Zazie Beetz uh, that does the voice of 
of the uh, governor, supposed to give out this award. They come up with a plan. It's Ocean's Eleven to try to steal, you know, the uh, Golden Dolphin. But, uh, you know, what happens? And so at one point they decide, you know what? I'm kind of tired of being a bad guy. What if we became good guys? And nobody believes them. And so there's a whole thing about, you know, them trying to be good and nobody's buying it. Uh, but this is just an adorable little film. Uh, it, it's fun. It's the uh, animation is excellent. Um, the voice work and the characters are all adorable. Uh, this is just a, a solid, a solid hit. I gave it a B. It's rated PG, and it is only in theaters. Thank goodness. Wow. How many screens, Steve? How widespread will this be? That's a great... I don't know exactly, but it's got to be in the 4,200 to 4,400 screens. That's big. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. And, and it's only 100 minutes movie... long, which is nice. Oh, thank you. Especially yeah. for a kid's movie. You know, when you, when you see a, a movie that's supposed to be for the kids and it runs over two hours long, you go, really? Who are you really making this movie for? Right. Yeah, no, this is... Okay, both, let's do... For the whole family. Anybody can go. All right. Okay, there you have it, the big movie of the week. And it's called The Bad Guys. It's rated PG and in theaters everywhere. All right, I think it's time for our movie news. Here we go. Here we go. This is Lowell Thomas speaking, flashing to you the news of the world. We return now to the KSL Newsreel. The biggest stories from the world of movies, cinema, and the star-studded glamour of Hollywood. Okay, Steve, I've got movie news on this end. You have it there, but Searchlight Pictures has suspended the production on Being Mortal. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the Disney-backed studio... Uh, which is Searchlight, uh, has made the decision. Uh, I, I think I can finish that story for Doug. Um, apparently there was a complaint lodged against Bill Murray for inappropriate behavior on the set of Being Mortal. Uh, the film is being written and, and stars uh, Aziz Ansari, um, who was not part of the complaint, nor was his co-star Seth Rogen, but the film was half shot already and the complaint was lodged. An investigation is underway. We don't know when or if. That movie will be back yeah. in production. So we got you back there, Douglas. Yeah, you you got us back, and yeah, thanks for jumping in there. We had another one of those little glitches, but the New York Times, who reviewed the book that this is based on, said this is really a moving and a clear-eyed look at aging and death in our society. And I'm a huge fan of Bill Murray, and I'm just keeping my fingers crossed on this one. But right now, yeah. being mortal is on hold. What have you got, Steve? Bruce Campbell may or may not be in the Our new... hero. I know. I love this man. Uh, he may or may not be in the new Doctor Strange movie directed by his old pal, Sam Raimi, uh, who's known for having Campbell cameos in his movies. Now, Campbell even teased that he might have a small part, but he says there's a chance his footage has been axed. He says, and I quote, the Marvel guys make eight or eight of these movies at the same time so they're always updating storylines so my buddy sam has had to add scenes that they told him uh that he had to shoot and has removed scenes that no longer apply and listen to this this is perfect bruce campbell so until may when this movie comes around i'm not even sure benedict cumberbatch knows whether he's in this movie or not 
<laughs> you know, when we interviewed him, he was an absolute delight. We had so much fun talking to him about the Evil Dead Festival that was going on up at, uh, was it Park City? I think it was in Park yeah, City, wasn't it? Was. it? The Egyptian. Yeah. And that was really a lot of fun. All right. Jason Momoa is uh, lining up another tentpole, Warner Brothers. Final negotiations to star in the studio's live-action Minecraft movie. And uh, guess who's going to be directing that? Our friend Jared Hess will be directing the project based on the popular video game. And, of course, Jared is known for so many great movies, including Napoleon Dynamite. So Warners has been developing a project based on this game for years, and gaming movies have really been on a hot streak. Ryan Reynolds... Free Guy, Paramount, uh, with uh, Sonic, the sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog. So I'm really looking forward to that. We'll have to see if we can get Jared Hess on and see if he can uh, rat some things out for us. Well, uh, speaking of Jason Momoa, he has signed up to be in the new Fast and Furious 10 movie. Now, this is half of the final chapter, like they did Harry Potter, where they divided the last film into two parts. The first will be called Fast X. That's catchy. Uh, And it'll feature Momoa and Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. They're both joining the cast. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Um, They're going to shoot these two movies back to back, which is, you know, kind of what they did before on the other stuff. But we're a year out on uh, the release of this film. It'll be May 19th of 2023. Okay. And I have one final story. Sony Pictures announced... uh, Wednesday, it's pushing back the theatrical release of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse from October 7th of 2022 to June 2nd of 2023. And uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the first of a two-part sequel to the 2018 Spider-Verse movie, which, by the way, did very well. And it was uh, our best pick from the, uh, uh, the cadre of critics here in the state of Utah. And we'll have a new team of Spider-People to face off with a villain more powerful than anything yet. So that's a that's a big announcement, a little delay, but not terrible. Yeah, and one final thought. Uh, it's Jack Nicholson's birthday today. Any idea how old he is? Oh, gosh, he's got to be, what, uh, late 80s? 85. Uh, that kind of surprised yeah, me. I thought he was in his... Yeah, he's uh, 85 today, Jack Nicholson. Okay. The Movie Show. So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hey, thank you for joining us today here on The Movie Show. And, of course, The Movie Show on the uh, Utah side is originating from Minky Couture. I'm broadcasting today from uh, Amsterdam, of all things. And... You know, Steve, we always try to bring everybody up to speed on what's happening when it comes to movies, whether it's some big gigantic thing like Sundance, uh, I mean, name it. But we also like to really keep people in touch with things that are happening at the very, very local level. We've talked about a lot of things at the Salt Lake City Public Library, but there's uh, an event that happens, uh, Sage Utah, and they have a monthly screening at the Ogden Public Library library and we have a special guest larry quinn who is the chair of sage utah larry welcome to the movie show well good morning and thank you very much i i was curious uh, i i went online and looked a little bit more about your organization and so on there wasn't really a list of uh, movies that uh, you either have shown in the past or will be showing what kind of movies do you uh, like to feature at sage 
Well, we feature primarily gay-themed movies. Uh, some of the ones we have done that you might know uh, are Brokeback Mountain, La Cage à Faux, and uh, next particular one happened to be the French version. And we're going to right. do the Birdcage, which is the American version of the same show. And we've also done uh, ones like Sorted Lives 2, Love is Strange, uh, to Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. So we've done a, a wide variety of them, but in general, they're gay-themed movies. Tell us about the uh, SAGE organization, Larry, would you? Yes, uh, SAGE is a national organization, and it's to serve gay elders 50 years old and older. And uh, the Utah Pride Center is uh, one of the affiliates of that. And the uh, Utah Pride Center has uh, asked us to set one up in Ogden, and we have done that. And there are several events that uh, we work with gay elders. One of them, of course, is the movies that we just mentioned. And uh, we also have uh, a walking group, and we have an eating group. As a matter of fact, the eating group is meeting this evening. We call that one Gay Grub. The walking group is called uh, Wednesday Walkers, and SAGE stands for Service and Advocacy for Gay Elders. Interesting. Uh, when when you, the uh, gathering occurs and, and you're watching movies, obviously it's, it's for entertainment, and as you mentioned, they do carry a common theme. What kind of movies are you anticipating in in the future? Uh, you mentioned uh, The Birdcage, and is that the one that's showing this month, then? Yeah, uh, no, that will be next month. We just had I this see. month's movie, and uh, uh, this month we showed uh, Hairspray. Oh, Hairspray. A, uh, I think it was a 2015 movie. Right. Now, are the movies kind of a popular choice, or is there a committee that puts together uh, the, the list of films? Well, generally speaking, uh, we have, uh, I have selected one if nobody comes up with something, but Hairspray was a request. Uh, next month, uh, the movie is going to be, as I mentioned, um, The Birdcage, and we're right. doing that to contrast the American modern version with the older French version. And uh, then another one has uh, been recommended for uh, the month after that. So if folks have a particular one they like and they want to say, we'll bring it up. If nobody suggests something, uh, I will choose one. I have a friend who has about 500 movies, uh, primarily gay themed again. And uh, I ask him for a recommendation and he comes up with something. We advertise it and go ahead and show it at the library. You mentioned that this is geared for a, a certain age category, as you call them, you know, elder. Uh, what about if, if somebody wants to bring a, a younger viewer to a film? Can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, while it's set up to serve the older gay community, uh, anybody is welcome to come in. And if, if somebody, for example, is over 50 but has a gay partner that is 40 or 30, they can come. And if they want to bring a friend, they can do that too. There's no okay. restrictions. 
How how do people get more information and and look at some of the upcoming movies and keep themselves abreast of what you're doing? Well, I have a uh, mailing list that I email uh, every month. Uh, actually, I email every week because I remind folks uh, of the working group, which meets weekly, and then of the uh, other two groups, which meet monthly. And uh, we have a, usually have a booth at the Ogden Pride, for example, and mm-hmm. you can uh, turn in a card there with your name and uh, email address on, and we'll add you to the list and make you aware of it. And, of course, if anybody is interested and wants to give me a call or send me an email, I would be happy to do that. My phone number is 801-244-3069. Well, Larry, we appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. We like to highlight, you know, those who love movies and those who show them regularly. And we've talked often about things that happen at the Salt Lake City Public Library. I have a real soft spot for Ogden. That's a that's a favorite town of mine, and I'm I'm glad good things are happening up there as well. So best of luck, and uh, I appreciate you joining us on the movie show. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed chatting with you also. Take care and have a great day. You too. Larry Quinn, the chair of Sage Ogden. The movie show. I'm oh, sorry. What? I called you City Slash. That was pretty close. That's, that's a lame nickname. That was good. Better than Jobin. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, good to have you along on the movie show today here at KSL News Radio. And Steve, I, I was so disappointed the night I made the attempt to see the unbearable weight of massive talent, and it ended up not being at Jordan Commons, but at Gateway. And even the showing at Gateway was a bit of a unique experience. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So the bottom line is, I tried, but I haven't seen this one. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get a little sound from the unbearable weight of massive talent. What do you guys want? We're with Central Intelligence. Do you know who you're spending time with? One of the most ruthless men on the face of this planet. I need you to help the U.S. government. Let's kill this Find a way into that room, Nick. I can see myself doing more of this stuff. I think I might have a real gift for it. Good, because we got another mission for you. No, 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 no. You know, it's so funny because... On this show, Nicolas Cage has been the butt of many jokes, but there is a genuine admiration for this guy's talent, including the accolades that we and even the Utah Film Critics Association gave to Pig. I know. It's crazy. Um, and the fact that here's my first thought when I before I even saw this movie, I thought this takes guts to put your life on the line in a even though it's a fictitious version of Nicolas Cage it is so dead on he makes fun of all the crazy stuff he's done over the years and I thought you know what you got to hand it to a guy that has that kind of courage to do this but the story is he (laughs) he's trying desperately for this great role and the producer you know I mean he's just beating this producer up to try to get the role and they said no it's not happening and so he tells his manager who played by Neil Patrick Harris by the way that he says, I'm right. done. I'm done acting. I'm out. And he goes, all right, before you say no, I just have one other offer. And it's kind of ridiculous. But there's a rich guy that has a house in Mallorca, Spain. 
He's a billionaire, and he is a huge fan. He will pay you a million dollars if you will just come to his birthday party. He'll fly you out, first class everything. Just come to his birthday party, a million bucks. And he goes, oh, man, I can't do this. This is terrible. But, you know, he's kind of at his wit's end, so he goes. And it turns out to be Pedro Pascal playing this yeah. guy, Javi. And they become, like, best friends. It's They love the same movies. This is the best thing in the movie. He goes, all right, what is your favorite movie? He asks Pedro Pascal. And he says, you're not going to make fun of me, are you? And he goes, Paddington 2. And they start watching Paddington 2, and they're both in tears. Um, This movie is hysterical. The other part is that, and this is the part that's a little less interesting, but um, Tiffany Haddish is a CIA person, and they're they're trying to nail Pedro Pascal, but it turns out maybe he's not the real bad guy here. It's his cousin, and they want him, uh, want Nick to, you know, look in and see if he can figure, oh, they've kidnapped a girl and they want to find her and get her out of there. But so Nick becomes this, you know, idiot spy guy. Um, It's just really funny, except for that. I thought that was a little less funny, but uh, (laughs) you just got to hand it to, I mean, his family stuff he brings up, it's just all there, filleted open. And I thought, wow, dude, you are either insane or you are a creative genius. I can't decide which yeah. it is. Did, so, did it ever come up in in the movie, his weird horror house down in New Orleans? <laughs> Not specifically, but there's allusions to a lot of his, you know, his movies. Uh, in fact, there was one guy sitting behind me who was like, oh, yeah, that's from uh, Con Air. I'm like, we know that. Shut up. And, you know, yeah. People in the theater, they think they have to feel, fill you in on we know Nick Cage. We know what he's done. So not yeah. specifically, but, yeah, a lot of his other crazy stuff just came popping out. And I was like, wow. So yeah, for anybody who's ever taken the uh, the haunted tour of New Orleans, that house, first of all, you know, haunting's one thing, but weird, sadistic, torturing stuff and so on. And Nick Cage bought that house that had that, recommend, that, that reputation. And you go, ooh, that's strange. Yeah, he's a nut. But and if you're a Nick Cage fan, <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna just love this. If you're not, mm, you're probably gonna go. Well, yeah, just prove what I thought. Guy's insane. Uh, but when boy. I when when I heard about this movie, I had no idea where it was gonna go. And you know, the first thing that popped to mind is I wondered if it was gonna be like being John Malkovich, where you know Malkovich participated in that. Yeah. And, it was. It sounds like it's not a whole lot like it. Uh, it's a yeah. It's a. It's similar to. I I, I can see how you'd make that uh, comparison, but yeah, it's just a whole different animal, mainly because it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, everything's a different animal when it's Nick Cage. All right, it's the unbearable weight of massive talent, and of course, the promos that were airing for a long, long time talked about the one hundred percent rating with Rotten Tomatoes. Last time we checked, uh, I think last week on the movie show, it was 97. Do you have any idea where it is now on you Rotten know, Tomatoes? I haven't looked uh, since, but uh, it, it can't go up. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, um, right. But it is right. rated R. And I, you know, I thought B minus B, and then I thought, you know what? It just took guts to make this movie. I'm going to give it a B. 89 is what we're hearing. 89. Oh, 89. 
on Rotten Tomatoes. That's still dropping precipitously. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Okay. And uh, how many screens is this on, Steve? Do you have a rough estimate? Uh, it's under four thousand, but it's out under there 4, in wide, wide release. Yeah, that's still a, a big release. Okay, it's the unbearable weight of massive talent, and Steve's giving it a A minus, a, a B. B plus. Uh, oh, a B. Yeah. Gee, where was I when you gave the rating on that? Okay. And it is rated R, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most, mostly language. Tales. Okay. All right. We have much more coming up on the movie show. We're going to review the uh, Northmen, Polar Bear, a couple of others. And then, of course, we'll have our streaming news coming up. And uh, I've hijacked D into joining us for the uh, the quarant- quarantine, the quirky picks of the week. That and, of course, I mean, I've never had the chance to do the movie show Top Ten from Amsterdam. I'm thinking of opening the sliding door here. That is right out on the pier. There's a great oh, big gigantic. There's a great big gigantic bus out there that I think might be thrilled to be able to say to their kids and grandkids, their friends and acquaintances. Yeah, who that is that crazy heard, man? They actually heard the movie show top ten live in the. I think he's dropped. Well, maybe somebody saw him open the sliding glass door and threatened to do the top ten. But we'll we'll take a break here at the bottom of the hour and we'll. Pick Doug back up somewhere and Oh, we're here. There he is. We're here. Yeah, I'm just kind of lurking about. So let's take a break. Somebody got to you. That's just hearing about the movie show Top Ten, and it was almost an an abduction. So, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come right back with more of the movie show from Layton, Salt Lake City, and all right. I think it's time for a little streaming news on the movie show. On a weekend of binge watching, streaming your favorite movie or a new show, Doug and Steve sort through it all so you only binge the best. It's the movie show streaming reviews on KSL News Radio. Well, everybody's uh, looking forward to season five of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, currently in production, and apparently Reed Scott is going to be promoted to a series regular in the final season. You might recall that uh, he was just among the new faces introduced in the cast, and he was, uh, uh, as the Gordon Ford was the t- title of the character. So Scott is playing Gordon F- Ford, and he uh, is going to play a key role. He's the talk show guy where everybody goes in and kind of confesses their their sins, and Amazon has yet to reveal a release date for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel season five, but uh, Scott's uh, Gordon Ford character playing that prominent role fuels a lot of speculation that Midge is going to pursue a career as a late night talk show host. And of course, a lot of people know that some of the things that we see in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel are very reminiscent of Joan Rivers. And that was the path that she took. So Steve, that would make some sense. Absolutely. I think that's, that's going to be fun to see. I'm looking forward to that. And what so, have you got for us? Oh, you're going to love this. So my my friend in uh, Missoula, Montana, he sends me articles from the Missoulan every once in a while. Uh, Ray Fanning is a professor up there. This one you're going to love. So apparently the legislature up there has balked at their latest 
you know, attempt to uh, extend the uh, the tax credit situation, even though a company came through and decided that um, just Yellowstone alone has spent $70 million up there in that area. And remember how we talked about they were going to build a, um, a sound studio like we have, the Utah Film Studio? Right. Uh, it, they, were, they had a company coming in. They were going to spend $20 million to build it. And instead, they opened it up to a trucking company and sold the lot out from under them. So I don't know oh, what in wow. the world uh, Montana is doing, but it sounds like the same thing we did and kind of, you know, shooed the, these guys away. I don't, I don't get it, but there it is. I'll send you the article wow. when you get back. It is, uh, it's pretty telling. Yeah, I'd like to read that because, of course, Montana, we we were kind of uh, with a lot of chagrin praising them for kind of seeing the, the light and realizing that, hey, you want major motion pictures, especially when they are supposed to be, you know, or they're pictured to be shot in your state already, and you want that kind of money, that kind of promotion and so on. They ponied up $10 million. What, wasn't it 10 Steve? It was, yeah, right. it was 10 yeah, and they 10. were going to extend that. And they were a little hesitant about doing that. So they're back in the same boat that we were in. Wow. Wow. And I wonder what Taylor Sheridan is thinking. Because when I interviewed so many of the the folks uh, that were in, I didn't interview Costner, but some of the other major players, and they said how much they loved Utah. They loved the Park City area. They loved living there. They loved working there. They loved having their kids in the school system there and then of course you know the traipsed off for the last two seasons up in uh, in montana so wow i wonder if they're yeah. having any second thoughts well okay yeah, I mean, what have i got sorry go ahead no go, go. <laughs> i know we have that little delay it's kind of a kind of a kicker here okay this one is uh, they call me magic it premieres today on apple tv plus four-part series of course all about the uh, uh great amazing career of magic johnson and a lot of people go well now wait a minute what have we been seeing on hbo and of course the rise of the los angeles lakers how they rose to fame winning time uh but there's a key difference have you you seen that winning time some of it some of it yeah it's john c Riley and oh uh, some of the people that are being portrayed in that like jerry west and uh, kareem abdul jabbar are livid because this is not who they are at all well, see, that's the punchline in this. They say people who are wondering, well, what's the difference between, you know, the, the two things? And they say it's simply the difference between fact and fiction because they call me magic made with uh, input from the iconic basketball player himself. And, yeah, I've heard that same thing. So if you're wondering, well, hey, aren't we seeing the story in, uh, you know, in the HBO thing? Uh-uh, apparently. And there's a lot of whining about that and maybe not whining maybe just real concern there will be special emphasis in the uh, the shift from johnson as simply a basketballer to a symbol and an activist of course they get into the stuff describing how in one particular play i mean fun things how he ended up playing uh, he was he was shoeless magic for a while uh, he said that those three minutes felt like an eternity but they also will be talking about the hiv diagnosis so 
again, Apple TV, uh, they've been on a roll lately. You think of what they did with Coda and the Summer of Soul. And now a lot of people are really excited about They Call Me Magic, primarily because it's actually fact and not the fiction that we saw in the HBO, whatever it was. Yeah, that that's a huge difference. Um, and speaking of uh, Apple TV+, Plus, I started watching a show called The Essex Serpent. And it's like, you know, set in the late 1800s, and it's about a vicar who lives out in a rural area. But it's Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Ooh. And cool. the woman who's come out there to actually see if there's a... I mean, there's a claim that there's a big serpent out there roaming around in the marshes of, of Essex uh, is Claire Danes. So I watched the first episode, and I thought, whoa, this is kind of cool. So that's out there, the Essex serpent. Um, and there, I, I've been watching several. The Better Call Saul started its sixth and final season, and it is just brilliant. He sets up, Vince Gilligan sets up these scenes sort of like how... Um, Tarantino, you know, will do a whole big scene. And just you remember that scene, like, you know, Christoph Waltz, you know, asking for some milk uh, at the farmhouse or. and, and The and swimming just, pool scene in, uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, just scenes that just, you know, blow your mind. Um, but better call Saul. This will be the last uh, season. And so far I've watched the first two episodes and it is absolutely off the charts. One that I should mention just really quickly, and I know you're a huge Jeff Bridges fan, but he's doing a series for FX. This is the first time Jeff Bridges has ever starred in a TV series. It's it's him, John Lithgow, and it's called The Old Man. He is a CIA operative off the grid who's been flushed out by an assassin, and it'll be a series starting June 16th on FX with Jeff Bridges. Wow, I'm looking forward to that. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, me too. One real quick thing. Netflix has really increased the budget for Stranger Things Season 4. They're saying that it's going to be $30 million per episode. Can yeah. you believe that? Stranger Things, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. And uh, what will actually take place, there's all kinds of speculation. But it it appears that it is the most expensive per episode show ever made. But that's probably going to change uh, when Prime Video's The Lord of the Rings comes out. That has uh, like a $500 million budget for the first season, and depending on the number of, uh, of shows. But the money that they're spending on streaming is breathtaking. Yeah, and the dates on that, by the way, Stranger Things Volume 1 of Season 4 will be on May 27th, and I think the second half, Volume 2, will July start on July, July 1st. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, hey, that does it for our uh, movie show look at what is streaming, our streaming news here at KSL News Radio. It's the official quirky pick of the week on the KSL Movie Show. Well, the quirky picks of the week. The quirky nature of the program is legendary. But uh, today, you know, and I, I, I told Dee, Steve, that, yeah. you know, if she didn't show up, well, you know, to do the quirky picks today from Amsterdam, that you and I were just going to cut her pay. By by what? Half? <laughs> well, that's just cruel, Doug, because half of nothing is still nothing. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, that that is that is so true. But... She came through, you know. I well, mean, I figured I was here, you know, sitting right next to you, so I might as well speak, 
right? You might as well be yeah. quirky. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, what have you got This is the us? Euro well, version. You know, huh? Yeah, well, you know, it's been a little hard. We we logged into who uh, into um, Netflix, and we logged into Amazon Prime, and they tell you that it looks like you're traveling abroad, so you'll have not quite the same amount of viewing. And so I always look on Netflix on what's trending, and who knows that when you're in Amsterdam, what you see is what's trending in France. Well, what the people in France are wanting to watch wasn't especially what we wanted to watch, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so we did try to sign in on, um, Doug said you had talked about uh, this uh, new Outer Range with Josh Brolin. Have, have yeah. you watched much of that? I've watched no. it all. And it's weird. love it, hate it, it whatever? Well, I'm intrigued by it. Um, it's weird. It's just ah. it, the, the ranch part of it I like. But it's that little hole in the ground that I still, I've watched all seven or eight episodes, and I still don't know what that thing is all about, but it's a big hole in the ground. Well, it's funny because Doug kept saying, I, I, I'm not getting all of this, and so we started it over, so maybe it's just very mysterious, right? Well, for a yeah. while it wouldn't let us play episode one, but we finally got to episode one. I realized that if we started with episode two, there was just no hope. So yeah. we're going to give it another shot, and I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I, I was noticing on your notes there in the city and boy, it's pronounced 19 different ways and not just because we're clueless, but everybody in this area pronounces it depending on your background, your dialect, which language you're using, but brood. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what he was talking about there. Um, oh, in Bruges, maybe um, a great film from a few years ago. Uh, hopefully we'll get them back. Um, Maybe just to continue on outer uh, outer range, uh, my sister called me a few days ago, and she said, I've been watching this. Okay. We're, it's kind we're of back. weird. We're okay. back. All right. We're back. Yeah, we're in Bruges once again, and you were talking about the Colin Farrell movie. Well, yes, when we took a tour through Bruges, we were on a, they call it the Venice of, of um, Belgium, and we were on a boat, I think, and they yeah. pointed out a house that Colin Farrell did a leap from in the 2008 movie in Bruges, and I looked for it to see if we could watch it here, just again, couldn't kind of get that technical part done. Have you seen it, Steve? Do you remember I have, it? yeah. I remember it from uh, Sundance. You know, it's actually, he, he leaps off, yes, it's a, it's an old building, but it's actually a hotel. I think it's one of the oldest hotels in that entire region, and uh, they were really quite proud of that. But a little upstream from where Colin Farrell, you know, took the, the big leap, it's where Audrey Hepburn starred in The Nun Story, and she loved that area so much. It's such a beautiful city that she actually bought that beautiful white house. Remember we saw right, that? Right, it was so pretty, huh. yeah. That, yeah, well, you know, and she was from Belgium, so it was perfect for her. But, yeah, so I, we're going to watch that movie. Do you recommend it, Steve, in Bruges, I, I, 2008? Oh, yeah, I do. Colin it was a, it was a premiere um, for, for Sundance one year back, I guess, 2008, you said? Um, uh-huh. And it, it was the lead film. So, yes, definitely. Well, we'll watch it and have happy memories of our cruise down the canal in Bruges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, I, I mentioned this earlier, and we didn't put it in the streaming news. We ran out of time. But I'm really excited uh, for those who just tuned in for Dark Wind. Uh, Robert Redford, one of the producers. And it's going to star the the person that played, not Malachi, but, uh, oh, gosh, what was his name? He was the... Uh, chief of police of the native american uh, cheyenne tribe up there it's uh, ron oh, mcclarnon yeah. 
and he played Matthias. There we go. He was, you know, when uh, when the one chief of police ends up, you know, going to prison and then gets out and becomes the security guy for the uh, the casino. But this is uh, the other tribal policeman and chief. And uh, this is going to premiere on June 12th. It will be on AMC, and it's a dark wind, uh, Tony Hillerman's story. So I'm I'm really anxious for that. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that, too. I know who you're talking about. He's kind of the small guy, kind of grizzled-faced. You know, he looks pretty tough. Yeah, he has he has the real long traditional, you know, hair, and yep. uh, he's yep, he's braided. very skeptical yep. of uh, of white policemen, and the white policemen are skeptical of the uh, tribal police as well. But I'm really looking forward to that. Anything else for us there? Well, I don't know if you remember, but we did try to watch the Throwaways uh, on yeah. Netflix. Uh, James Caan and Kevin Dillon. Have you seen that, Steve? By any chance? I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. I think it just dropped, and I thought it had such a good cast and watched the beginning of it. It's a little espionage thing, and it started out pretty good, but then then we lost our connection and our interest, so it worked out well. You know, right at the halfway point, it it dropped out, and I have to admit, I'd like to see how it ended, but it it was one of those stories we've seen a million times that some super hacker has discovered a way that uh, they can just trip the circuit on anybody, blow up everything, yeah. you know, crash any grid system. And, of yeah. course, another super geek is trying to ferret it all out and is wrangled back in by, uh, it's not the CIA, but it's somebody else on that one. Yeah, so I not necessarily a recommend. If I were going to recommend something like that, I'd say see Sneakers, the <laughs> yeah. old Robert Redford. Yeah. There you oh, go, yeah. the old Ro- Robert great, Redford movie. Yeah. Great. So are you uh, are you done? Because we certainly got our money's worth out of you today. Yeah, you, you always do. <laughs> yes, I'm ready for dinner, and that'll be good as soon as you're done. Okay. Hey, by the way, some of our shipmates are uh, up there right now holding a seat for us at dinner, which will be coming up in, uh, in a few minutes back here on our ship, which is uh, right here on the dock in Amsterdam. So we probably ought to take a break at this point. And uh, when we come back, we've still got uh, films to talk about and much, much more. Do you have something else you want to say? say? Bye, Steve. Bye. Have a safe trip home. (laughs) There we go. Bye, Steve. The Movie Show. I can see what you're trying to put off, but I can see that it's just to keep people away from you. It's a mask. Did you tell me the truth? No, probably not. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Both Steve and I have seen the movie The Northman, and let's get some sound from that movie right now. Just listening to that soundbite, Steve, I go, I wonder if anybody is even catching any of the drift there at all. But the Northman takes us back to the old days of the Vikings. And this was a dark and a gritty time. The movie opens with the king coming back after battle. And they've got their slaves and everything. And everybody's coming forward. He greets his wife, who's played by Nicole Kidman, and everything is really quite formal, and his brother comes in and, you know, pays homage to him and, you know, uh, assures him of his 
loyalty, but you can tell there's some estrangement going on there. Something's not quite right. But the one time that the king kind of melts a little bit is when his little son comes up, and that's where he just lets down, gives him the big embrace. And, you know, you can tell that there is a genuine love and affection between father and son, but it doesn't take long for wheels to start turning. The uncle makes his move on the kingdom and on the king. And also, of course, he's there with his son. So we're, we're not only going to dispatch the father, but we're going to take care of the son as well. But the son is scrambling to escape. But does he? Well, we flash forward and we actually see father and son go through some of this animalistic ritual where everybody, you know, in, if it was uh, a Native American, would call it kind of the spirit animal, the the spirit animal that they kind of take upon themselves. Yeah. But in this case, they're wolves. Some are bears, some are others. And it is just, Steve, it's, it's like, wow. I mean, like these men not only are you know, acting like wild animals, they want to become and, and have that fierceness in battle and so on. But uh, does the boy survive? Well, we find out ultimately that he does. And his seeking revenge is basically the whole story here. And the blood and the guts and the gore and the grittiness and the darkness of this movie, it's, it's really quite startling. And as I've uh, only half joked about, if you saw the Green Knight or if you saw The Last Duel and thought that they were pretty tough and gritty, hey, they're sitcoms compared to this one. Yeah, and Robert Eggers, uh, the director, he also did The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse. Uh, he is a complete crazy person when it comes to uh, detail and authenticity. So given that, I, I kind of watched this with a different... Yes, it is very savage, um, but it's it felt realistic to me, and but he also has a knack of saying, all right, I'm going to show you something that's so disturbing, I dare you to look away. Um, he's done that in, in his other films, and he's definitely done it in this film. But I, again, with all the savagery, I still came out of that movie thinking, wow, th that was kind of an interesting, uh, again, again, red flags everywhere. This is very violent movie. Right. Um, but it right. felt real to me, and... I just the other thing I learned is that this story might have been a precursor to Hamlet. And if you think about it, hmm. you know, given the storyline, yeah, yeah, it, it, it would fit. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, Robert Eggers dares you to look away and he, you know, it's brazenly uncomfortable. Um, it's like it's like a, you know, like makes Braveheart look like it was sugar coated, you know, Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you so, know, when we think of those scenes in Braveheart where they kind of show it with the uh, the little person doing the rope thing and you know what's happening, but you don't see it in this one. I mean, the term spill your guts becomes a reality here and it's just seen over and over and over. And and then, you know, the the alliances, you know, who is loyal to whom? And yeah, so there's some there's some interesting aspects of it, but I'll, I'll tell you, I have no desire to see this movie again. Yeah, I I, I get where you're coming from. This is almost like, uh, do you want to see Schindler's List again? Uh, in a way, it is two hours and sixteen yeah, minutes but, long. But Schindler's List was so glorious, and it was so ultimately, sadly, 
uplifting and it left you with some faith in in humankind this movie is just wow you're you're down in the animal kingdom on this one yeah agreed i i I can't argue with any of that yet i still came out of there and i thought i I was kind of mesmerized by this film and uh, again not recommending it for everyone but for maybe those who you know want to see a a potentially uh realistic uh portrayal of what these vikings went through and at 900 ad uh, it, it felt real to me um the other thing i was there was one scene where um the lead uh skarsgard he's doing a breaststroke out in the middle of like so breaststroke was invented by renegade vikings back in 900 ad that is so cool just a little thought but anya taylor joy is in this movie she's amazing um anyway Doug probably just left after he was so ticked off that I like this film. All right. Now, you know, I was thinking about the significance of this. She's closing the the door over there. So people on the pier, the the people on the pier. You won't be in a minute. This is the first time. This is the first time in the old world in beautiful Amsterdam you know, the home of the old masters and so on. And we're going to add to the art element by now. Ladies and gentlemen of the new world and the old here in Amsterdam, it is time (laughs) for the movie show top (gasps) 10. Okay, just so you know, Christine yanked her headset off <laughs> so quick. I don't think I've ever seen anybody move that quickly. She's really? like is a she, ninja. Is she still running? Still she's, running, huh? She's pretending like she's listened to some of it, but no. Uh huh. Okay. Payback. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, true genius is always prepared to be mocked. I'm not sure the old not world is ready for your pure genius, but okay. You know, not not appreci- I mean, Van Gogh was not appreciated in his lifetime, so I'm sure that's going to be the case. Yeah, that's a comparison I want well. to go with. Oh, absolutely spot on, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> this segment, this beautiful segment, is sponsored by Call Climate Services. Now, unfortunately, I don't think Scott's going to come over here to Amsterdam to put in their boiler, but uh, he'll take care of you. He takes care of it. If he takes care of me, he takes care of. Anybody call climate services. Okay. Number 10 uncharted. We were not big fans of this. It's made uh, just under $150 million. What are the national international numbers? Uh, 244 foreign. It's at 389 total, almost $400 million. Apparently we didn't have much impact on that. Yeah, apparently we're, we're clueless. And then what is a KGF chapter two? Well, it's uh, the follow-up to KGF Chapter 1, which is about the Kohler gold fields. It's a very Mm -hmm. uh, rough-and-tumble film from India. Okay. It's made $3 million. I have no idea. Do we have the Bollywood numbers on that? Uh, Another three, four, and it's at six. Yeah. The Batman has made uh, just under $370 million domestically. Uh, three eighty-seven foreign. It's at seven fifty-three. Wow! 
It very well could hit a billion dollars. Uh, Ambulance. This movie has not done well at all. Michael Bay just going crazy with an ambulance and a car chase or whatever it is chase that never ends. It is so implausible, unbelievable to even be able to get that speed for five minutes, much (laughs) less this very way too long movie in Los Angeles and they keep saying, boy, we we got to get this resolved before drive time. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Ambulance. Two weeks. It's made about $16 million. Another 25 foreign. So apparently they're not uh, clued into Michael Bay as much as we are. Yeah. Morbius has made, uh, what, $67 million roughly. Well, how's that doing internationally? Uh, it's made another 81 foreign. So it's at 147. Yeah, I was not a big fan here. Father Stew, you know, I'm still anxious to see this movie. I haven't caught up on it yet because I have been elsewhere. And uh, in its one week, it made about $8 million. Yeah, this kind of got lost in the shuffle. It It is really a pretty decent film, except for the language throughout. That, that, that might be what's putting people off. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is the number four movie, about $18 million domestic. Uh, only another one million foreign. Uh, this is a movie I need to catch up on, though, because it's still, it's like in the 80s on the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. The Lost City, not a big fan of that. We uh, kind of watched it the other night, and again, it's just easy to have on in the background, but uh, not great. About 80 million domestic. Well, thank goodness for Brad Pitt in that movie. Otherwise, I'd probably really yeah. have hated this film. 80, 20, <laughs> it's at 100. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I was surprised that you liked this as much as you did. I mean, you didn't love it. It's not a four-star movie, but you liked it. Yeah, it made sense. And the fact that um, Jim Carrey didn't annoy me kind of shocked me. So, <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. I like this a little bit better than you did, but I think we're on the same page. It's You know, I th- you get really out into the weeds uh, on the the Harry Potter genre and story. But I know a lot of folks were loving it. They were laughing, and you could tell they were in on the joke where I was not. Well, the foreign numbers on that are actually three times what they are in the States. We're at $200 million here in a week. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And as we mentioned last week, uh, our beloved character Dumbledore. He has some secrets, no doubt about it. Okay, that is the Movie Show Top 10 here at KSL News Radio. Now, when we come back, Stephen, we'll do a a quick international version of Telephone Torture, and then there are a couple of other little films that we can handle fairly quickly, can't we? We can almost ignore the two, uh, Unplugging and Brute Force, because Polar Bear, by the way, is the best movie of the week. The Movie Show. You don't want to be in the way when my laser goes off. Hey, a laser! How come you don't have a laser, Woody? It's not a laser. It's a, it's a little light bulb that blinks. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Okay, let's get a little sound. Do we have sound from Polar Bear? I think we do. We should. Welcome to the Arctic, one of the harshest and most breathtaking places in the world. For this mother polar bear and her cubs, every day is an adventure. You know, we've talked about this for years, Steve. Whoever shoots these things, it is amazing. It's like they become part of the polar bear family. I don't know how they do it. I'll tell you what, this is, it's so incredible. Um, And this centers on a, a mother bear and her twins, a boy and a girl, 
And, you know, unlike previous films, and Christine brought this up, you know, where you have silly names, they're not named. They're just, you know, a boy and a girl. And how the mom shows them how to live in their world, they copy everything she does. Um, there's a, one moment where they're watching mom sort of like sneak up on a seal and she's like a large bear and she's coming out of the water. You don't hear a sound. She doesn't make a sound. And, you know, eventually the sea lion looks up and like, ah, I got to get out of here. So, but, yeah. uh, you know, constantly searching for food. Um, and when a male bear comes around, she's like, we're out of here because they're bad news. They're hungry and they'll eat anything. So uh, it's a kind of a rough and tumble world. And they also explain how with the ice flow starting to melt away, how difficult it is for these bears to find food. And so yeah. it's all there. It's Polar Bear, Disney nature film. It's on Disney Plus, narrated by the amazing Catherine Keener. Uh, and it's just, I mean, good grief. How they continue to make these films better and better each time blows my mind. But Polar Bear is, is an amazing. A. He, I, I give it an A. He, even when we were kids, you know, even when we were kind of forced to watch the, you know, like the living desert for the 14th time, you yeah. still got sucked into it. Disney is, yeah. uh, they're the masters of this. Hey, I'll tell you what we're going to do. And boy, you know, uh, Gustavo and everybody, they're, they're going to, but with telephone oh, torture today, we're going to make this nice and sweet and simple. We are going to take caller number six. So there will be five nameless losers in there that we won't have quite the opportunity to debase and uh, make fun of and uh, chastise and wow, I'm shocked. Ridicule. Are you okay? I know. Well, I'm feeling charitable. I'm I'm here in Amsterdam. I don't want to give them the wrong impression of the show because we are very sophisticated, beautiful people. Am I oh, right? Okay. Or am I right? Or all right? <laughs> leave you speechless I there, did I, Steve? I think okay, so. Okay, so caller number caller number six. Okay. Caller number six will be the big wiener, and we'll get the two tickets, get the two drinks, get the tub of popcorn. With a big thanks to all the great people at the Megaplex Theaters. We love our association with that uh, great, great company, and you'll be going yeah. to see the movie of your choice, a little telephone torture without all the, well, the torture will, will be there, but you just won't hear the screams this time. <laughs> Steve, that just about does it. Oh, by the way, I, I have to tell you this. You cannot believe the number of people here on our cruise who have been talking to me about when are we going to have the loser T-shirts available again. There I we know. go. Let's get that done. It's a, it's a sophisticated crowd. Hey, Steve, thanks so much. Thanks for holding down the fort back there in Utah. I'll see you back uh, live and in color next week. And tonight okay. when you go home, Please make sure that you hug the people you love. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.